0: Hello, I'm really glad you're with us today. I grew up in church. We're talking about the church in this series, but I don't really know what it's like to not be connected to a church community. Here is something I learned in Sunday school, as probably as a toddler. Let's watch this. Here is the church, and here is the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. Close the doors. And listen to them pray open the doors and they all walk away so you can see that I learned that church is a thing at a very early age but I haven't always appreciated its value early on I took the benefits of being a part of a church for granted there are many benefits and I've made a partial list of them you can meet God in a Bible believing gospel preaching church and if you choose to, you can get the most out of life as you walk with God after that. You you find good, solid examples of how to live wisely, built on scriptural foundation that doesn't move. You have a good foundation for living. You get moral instruction based on the transcendent truths of the Bible that never change. That's quite a foundation. It's a place to learn how to develop enjoyable and wholesome relationships. There's a community of people who are cheering you on and they hope you do well in life. That is very helpful. I, Thinking back, I have a bunch of aunts and uncles from the church I grew up in who overlooked my selfish tendencies and they genuinely wanted good as I launched into life. As I got to that point. Some ladies, they called me an angel, but I knew better because I cringed to think about some of the things I did in church. That is all powerful stuff that helps in very tangible ways. It's, you know, like I've never known what it's like to be without the atmosphere of a loving church community to belong to. Just like I don't know what it's like to live on another planet with a different atmosphere than Earth. I'm an Earthling. I'm not a Martian. And I don't know what it's like to live on Mars, but what I understand is the atmosphere would kill me pretty quickly. All that to say, I've taken the atmosphere of the church community for granted at times because possibly that's all I knew. So I didn't understand what it was like to be without it. Another reason... I don't think I valued the church so much is because the world at large discounts its value. It it doesn't consider it very important. And there is a strong pull toward other things, things like education, business, sports, musical pursuits. These are considered worth your time and money and effort because they promise to pay off in ways the world really values. These are ways that you can make a name for yourself. You can cash in big time. You can gain power through these things. And because of this pull, I thought at times, why should I put my time and money into the church when these efforts could pay off in a way that seems to be really important? That's That's where I've been. It's probably obvious to you that I've grown a deep appreciation for the high value of a church. I've spent my life starting and pastoring this church. We've focused on launching other churches, and I'm mentoring several pastors from other churches who lead those churches. And in this series, I hope you realize the, how worthwhile it is to immerse yourself in the church community like God has led me to do. I really would love for more and more of our family, our friends, and our neighbors to experience the blessing of being a part of our church community. So in this series, I'm taking you on a tour of the amazing reality called the church. And in the process, I want to explain a few things about the local church. Maybe in the tour, you'll gain a deeper appreciation for the local church, and I hope it motivates you to step into it in a meaningful way if you haven't. The church is like a beautiful, multifaceted jewel. Last week, We read in Ephesians 3.10 that the church is designed to display the manifold or multifaceted wisdom of God, like this emerald ring has many facets to it. In this message, we're going to seek to understand the nature and design of the church by looking at the different facets of the jewel that it is. As we find in scripture. We're not focusing on the church's mission right now. We're looking at its design and nature. We're going to look at its mission later on in this series. But today, I want to look at how God defines the church. The way he describes it in the Bible reveals its nature. He inspired the apostles to use many images to show the various facets of the church's beauty. And as we look at the different facets of the jewel, we gain a better understanding of the nature of the church, and we get a glimpse into its beauty and, and design, the way God put it together. So what is the church? If we look at the various images the Bible uses, we discover that the church is, first of all, the people of God. It's easy to miss in the hand motions I learned in preschool. Here's here's how they went. And you saw this. The lady did these on the video. But it's easy to miss because at the start, you say, here is the church. And it shows the people, but you don't know they're the people. And it goes to, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door, and there's all the people. So I, I missed it as a toddler. Honestly, I viewed the church as a building, somewhere we went to. I basically assumed that that's what it was. Here's a description by Peter of the church as a whole. It's the people of God. 1 Peter 2, 9-10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him, who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Peter says that the church is made up of people like you and I, and together we are a chosen race. The word For race in the Greek that this was originally written in means a relatively large group of persons regarded as biologically related. Now, it's pretty obvious that in the church we're not biologically related, but God has made us a new race spiritually. We're a new ethnic group spiritually. We're here on earth. And nothing has changed biologically, but this is our spiritual reality. This is what God intends to do. This is what he's done as we decide to follow Christ. And the spiritual trumps the biological. It's not that your ethnicity, your tribe, your nation are not important, but they're just not the most important. Our unity As a church flows out of this reality, we are a new ethnic group, spiritually. We are a royal priesthood. We're part of a royal family in God's kingdom, and we now have direct access to the Lord, like the priests did in the temple, who were mediators between God and men. We don't need a mediator. We can go directly to God. That's a beautiful thing. We are a holy nation, which, you know, means that we're a new nation, which is literally a socio-political community. Interesting, isn't it, in these times? We'll come back to that next week. We are now a people. Specifically, we are a people for God's own possession. We belong to him. The beautiful thing is, once we were not a people... But now we are God's people. The implication of these truths is that we exist for God. We aim to do what pleases him as a church community and as individuals. Another image that is used in the New Testament is that the church is a colony of heaven. We live right now knowing what is in store for us in the future, in the next life. Philippians 3.20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus. When we gave our life to Christ, we transferred from one kingdom to another. We moved from the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of heaven, God's kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is going to dominate one day. When Christ returns, it's going to be the only uh, thing... It's going to dominate, but it's already invaded this world through Christ and the gospel. And the benefits of the colony of heaven are experienced by Christ followers today, and they're found inside the church community, like the partial list I gave. You you experience those benefits in the church community. So people should be able to look at us and see how we treat each other, and see more than the American attitudes and ways. They should see the very ways of God, the ways of heaven lived out. Now, imperfectly, but real. We're really trying to do this. This is what we're all about. In other words, we're a colony of heaven. Next week, I'll be unpacking more of what that means. The implication, though, is that the church operates by heaven's ways. So does its people. The next image is that the church is now the temple of God on earth. Ephesians 2, 20 through 22 says, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. According to God's cosmic plan, the church is now the spiritual temple where God dwells and where he is served. First Peter 2, five says it this way, we're like living stones being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood that offers up sacrifices of service to please God, sacrifices of praise to please God. We are made to be the place where God dwells in a special way. This is our design and where people can investigate knowing God through Jesus Christ and hopefully finding him and then serving him together with us. This is our design. As the temple of God, we are holy. We're set apart, that means, and dedicated for God's use. We want to be a place known for helping people connect with God and get right with him. And that is one of the main purposes of the temple in Jesus' day. The implication of this image is that we live intentionally for God. The next image of the church is that we are the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12:27 says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We're going to deal with this facet more thoroughly in a later message, but for now, I just want to point out that this body, the church body, is formed by the grace of God. We are a community by grace. He arranges the parts of the body, and he gives grace gifts to help us as the members do what the church was formed to do. It's an amazing thing. For now, I want to say that each Christ follower is a member of Christ's body, And that means that we're a part of the body that uh, works in concert with the other parts of the body, and we do what the head tells us to do. We belong to each other, and we should use our abilities that God's given us to serve. The implication of this image is that we do Christ's work in unity. Final image is that the church is a spiritual army, both on assault and under attack. Ephesians 6, 12 13 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, To stand firm. There are not only cultural challenges that we're going to face, but like we're going through right now in in our society, we're facing a lot of chaos. We can't tell exactly what's going on. But behind all of it is this spiritual battle that's going on. This means that the implication is we anticipate victories and problems. We expect that. Those images collectively show the beauty of God's design, and it reveals the nature of the church. We can get a taste of that. In reality, what you find in the local church is that the local church is a jewel in the rough, like this uncut jewel in this emerald ring. As we work together what God does is he refines the church and he grows us into more of who God made us to be. And God is using our relationships with one another as we try to do the work of the Lord in the church. He's using the events of the history that are going on right now to refine his jewel. This is what he's doing. Uh, the current things that are going on in this country, God wants to make the most of them. He, he wants to help us smooth off our rough edges, and he wants to cut facets into us that will help us shine. As the church fulfills its purpose and we help with it, we as individuals fulfill the purpose for our lives. It's an incredible thing. So we pitch in to do God's will and work in the world, which is why we were made as individuals and why the church is formed. Each local church is a part of the entire church in all the world. It's a part of the total church. It's not merely a human organization. It's Christ's body, and it is precious to God. In church life, we live out what the bible says about the church and as we do the lord is refining his jewel and as we do the will of god together we grow to be more like christ as we handle the challenges the difficulties and the experiences in line with scripture that's our goal to to handle our relationships, situation by situation, and what's going on in history right now. We Our aim is to handle it from God's perspective in line with Scripture. The gem in the rough has a kind of beauty to it, but it's certainly not always smooth. That is the truth. The Lord is using the events of history to refine his jewel. Right now, this pandemic has been incredibly disruptive to the church, and it threatens to divide us. In our congregation, we have a wide range of opinions of how we should respond to the various issues that are being thrown out there at us, and we have varying levels of comfort with what's going on, and this creates friction. And these kinds of events in history are the very thing God is using to refine his jewel. If you remember from last week's message, God's plan is to unite all things in him under his rule. Unite. And so we need to be careful to preserve the unity and protect the unity of the church as we deal with what's going on in our world right now you know we get the first experiences of the beauty of god's church right now and as we work together in unity and we work towards unity frankly as the friction is happening We work toward unity, and God is faithfully refining us, and he demonstrates the power of his plan to unite all things under his rule. That That is an amazing thing that we can be a part of. God intends for his followers to walk with God in this life while playing our role in the church community as his people in a way that makes a difference in our world. And as we do that, we see and experience a lot of the beauty right now, not all of it, but we experience a lot of it. And as we do that, we we get a taste of heaven. Not the whole, not the whole banquet, but we get a taste. When he returns, his jewel will be ready, cut and shining in honor of him. We will be refined on that day when he comes back to get us and wrap up history. We get the first experiences of things right now, even though they're rough spots, for sure. But we know there's more to come. We wait for that day. We long for that day. If you don't step into the church community, you never experience the benefits of it. That's so important to move in. So I want to encourage you to take the next step. experiencing the beauty of the church the way God designed it to be. It it can be a little rough for sure, but we're just a bunch of people trying to do the will of God. That's, That's what we're set on. And he is using our relationships and the friction that comes from them and the flow of history to mature us, to change us, if we'll respond to him in the midst of that. If you're committed to church life, I, I want to encourage you, take the time to maybe get the sermon notes and look over the different facets, the different images used in Scripture to remind you of how important it is to make the investment that you're making. If you're all in, your investment of your time and money and energy in the church community is the most significant investment that you can make in this world. I believe that with everything I've got. If you aren't committed to the church, then here's some next steps I want to suggest to you. My next step is to sign up for preview on August 30th at 12 noon. Another step could be if you've been to preview to complete the membership process by attending the Discover class, and then follow through and commit to membership at CIB. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for the truth that you have laid out in Scripture that guides us. This is an amazing thing you've allowed us to be a part of, the church body, the church community, the church itself. Help us to grow our love for it and help us to see the value of our investment in it and remind us of that every day. I pray that you'd encourage those who aren't yet apart uh, to step into it, to take the next step, to connect and to see what it's all about. And Father, we thank you so much for everyone. I thank you for everyone who's listening to this. And I pray that you'd bring your blessing on them And that we would experience more of your design and nature and the beauty of the church as we follow you and take the next steps you've laid on our heart to take. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.